or chapter 1 and verse 8. An interesting verse that we find here. John, again, as we mentioned this morning, is um, instructing the need to be alert to false teachers and that many are gone out into the world. And um, then he says that they deny that Jesus Christ came in the flesh And he identifies them as a deceiver and an antichrist. And then he says in verse 8, Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things that we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. An interesting um, insertion here in this warning about false teachers. And in it he says, Now be careful. Pay attention to yourself that you do not lose the things that you worked for, but that you may receive a full reward. Rewards uh, come in many, many different ways. Uh, Sometimes the reward is just having someone say, I appreciate what you did. Or it may be uh, a reward of, that was a great job, and they might give praise for a reward. Sometimes the rewards come in monetary or um, material possessions. It's always um, interesting when there's awards assemblies or award banquets or whatever. Um, There's always some people that think they should have gotten an award and didn't get an award, and there's some that got an award that may have been surprised a little bit. Um, And usually um, there are people that just aren't real happy after those because of maybe they didn't get what they thought they should have got. But what John is... John is teaching us here is, first of all, the reality that there are rewards in eternity. Um, throughout Scripture, he, he tells us this. Jesus, in his ministry, gave many stories about and parables about when the Master comes, he will reward those that were found faithful in Matthew 25 and verse 21 and 23 and 25. He said to them, um, that which took what God gave to him or the master gave to him and used it wisely and increased it, the master would say, well done, thou good and faithful. And that that just maintained it and did not, increase and did not improve, he said, you wicked and unfaithful servant. So he was instructing us there the importance of it. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want you to notice uh, what this passage says. This morning we looked at the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. For Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, he builds on that analogy in verse 12. 
Now, if any man builds on this foundation, Jesus Christ, if he builds with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble, verse 13, each one's work will become clear or will be made manifest, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test everyone's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. So, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and giving them the message of God. And he says, you have laid the foundation of Jesus Christ, now you are building on it. And you can build it with God's materials that when they are tested, they will stand the test. Or you can build it with man's materials that when God puts it in the fire, it will be consumed and gone. Now the picture he's painting is our life in essence as a believer, we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we will be rewarded, as it mentioned in this passage, every man will be rewarded according as he hath done. Now, this takes place in heaven. It's not a matter, and we'll touch on this later, it's not a matter of getting into heaven. You know, there's all the nice jokes that that say you died and you went to heaven and you met St. Peter at the gate and, and... And you've heard all the jokes that go along with that. That isn't how it really is. I mean, you're a believer and you die. You are absent from the body and present with the Lord. If you are not a believer and you die, you don't go to purgatory. You are immediately separated from the Lord for all eternity. But as a believer, we sometimes get the idea, oh man, if if I can just get to heaven, everything's going to be wonderful. We can't understand what it's going to be like um, to give account of our life before God. And the thing is, that which is done not to His honor and glory for selfish motives in the arm of the flesh, whatever it is, will be gone. And that which is done for His glory by His power will receive a reward. And um, the Bible tells us there's five basic crowns that people can win in heaven. He tells us there is the incorruptible crown. And this is a crown that is given to believers who faithfully run the race. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 and 25, it talks about this crown. They have disciplined Uh, their selfish desires and brought self into control. And it is also known as the victor's crown. There is also the crown of rejoicing that we read about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 12. This is also known as the soul winner's crown. And it is for those um, believers who faithfully witnessed 
the saving grace of God and God use them as instruments to help lead others to the Lord. And it is known as the crown of rejoicing. If you're here today and you have been instrumental and God has used you to help bring, um, we know Jesus Christ alone saves, but he works through human vessels. And to bring someone to salvation, the Lord says that there is a crown of rejoicing. There is the crown of life, which is given to those believers who endure trials and tribulations and severe suffering even unto death. Sometimes it's also called or referred to as the martyr's crown. And James chapter 1 and verse 12 refers to this crown. So there's the incorruptible crown. There's the crown of rejoicing or soul winner's crown. There's the crown of life or the martyr's crown. There's the crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4.8. To those that love the appearing of Christ, who anxiously long for a oneness with God, and look forward to his return, and it's evidence that they've longed for it. They've they've uh, faithfully served the Lord, and um, and um, given their lives um, in in service to that. That's the crown of righteousness. And then in First Peter chapter five, there's the crown of glory, and it is given to those that faithfully fed the flock of God. And um not sure exactly, it's not limited to just pastors and teachers, but those who have, have taught the Word and, and have been instrumental in helping others grow. Now, we, we say all that to say there is going to be a rewards assembly in heaven. You are not necessarily going to give account for every sin that you have done because our sin is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. But we will be rewarded or suffer the lack of reward if we have not served him. And in essence, the Lord says, what did you do with the gift that I gave you? And we give him our life's work and... If it goes up in smoke, according to the 1 Corinthians chapter 3 analogy, to stand there, we can't imagine it, to stand there in the shame of that. And he says, we will be saved, but so as by fire. And if you're thinking, well, if I just make it to heaven, that I'll, I'll be happy with that. We can't imagine the shame that Jesus Christ gave his all for us and and we have no rewards with which to, to give to him. But there are rewards in eternity. And uh, undoubtedly, the Lord is going to reward every cup of cold water given in his name and so on. But verse 8 of Second John tells us that those rewards can be lost. He, he tells us, look diligently that you do not lose the things that you have worked for, but that you may receive the full reward, that you can come to the fullness of the fruit of that. So he's urging, that's our responsibility. 
There's two aspects of responsibility here. Number one, we must labor to diligently gain the rewards. We must labor to know the Word, to know the ways of God, to know the doctrine that He talked about so that we're not led astray. He said, if you follow a false teacher, He said, you're not going to gain your full reward. And it takes more than knowing, it takes doing it. See, the award ceremony, if you please, in heaven is is not where everyone gets a participation award. Um, rewards aren't just handing out, oh, you didn't get anything, here it is. Um, they're not just um, um, given out. It, God is not politically correct, okay? Some of you may know of James Harrison. He is a linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent. That means nobody really wanted him. In 2002, and he ended up being cut from several teams, meaning they tried him and said, Nah, you're not good enough. Until in 2007, so five years later, he finally... Um, made the team for the Pittsburgh Steelers and really became a playmaker. He, after five years of attempting to do this, he made the starting team and made the most of his opportunity. He'd been a pro bowler for five years and um, first team all pro squad twice and so on. Just recently, he returned home, and I quote him. He said, I came home to find that my boys received two trophies for nothing, participation trophies. Well, I'm very proud of my boys for everything they do and will encourage them till the day I die. These trophies will be given back until they earn a real trophy. I am sorry, I am not sorry, for I am sorry, I am not sorry, he said, for believing that everything in life should be earned, and I am not about to raise two boys to be men by making them believe that they are entitled to something because they tried their best. Because sometimes your best is not enough, and that should drive you to want to do better. Not cry and whine until somebody gives you something to shut you up and keep you happy. I say amen and amen. We like to say everyone is a winner. No, everyone is not a winner. And we like to think everyone is is going to be a winner in heaven. Well, he said many will suffer loss. And that's why we, this is the only time that we can earn rewards for heaven. Now, the earning the rewards is to show appreciation and love to God. And, and the reality of this is that we don't stand empty-handed. A songwriter has said, must I go and empty-handed? Must I an empty-handed before the Lord come? With nothing to show. 
It is not wrong to labor for rewards because we want to show God our appreciation. After all you've done for me, how can I do less than give you my best? So this is the only time that we can and we need to labor diligently to gain rewards and then we need to labor faithfully that means consistently so that we don't lose the rewards john is saying indiscriminately aligning with false teachers will cause us to lose our reward will cause us to um, not know the full reward it's not how you begin the race that matters It's how you finish the race. Every one of you here tonight can probably think of a number of people that at one time were faithful, serving the Lord, but for whatever reason, and there could be a, a slew of reasons, but for whatever reasons, they're spasmodic at best in their service and love for the Lord, and and they've lost their rewards? The good news is, regardless of what we've been in the past, we can faithfully pursue the Lord and we can love Him. But right here, this is it. We have a short time down here to be effective. Picture with me, if you would, a timeline. This is, this is the zero part. Did I not turn this on? Maybe it's on, okay? This is day one, when you were born. Let's let this represent 80 years old, okay? Average lifespan is, what, 77 or so? This is 80 years old. Where are you on the time span? Marvin Lee says, I'm off the end already, okay, right? Some of you are here, off the end. But think about it. Where are you on the time span? If you're 40 years old, right here you are, half halfway done, if you have an average life. And I get looking around, there's several of you, a number of you that are off the end already, okay? But think about it. This year, I'll be 60 years old. That means if I live to be 80 years old, that means... I've lived three-fourths of my life. Think of it. What do I have to show for it? Now, let's, let's add a different equation. Here we are. This is when you were born. This is now August 16th, 2015. And the Lord is coming again. You tell me the date. <laughs> We don't know the date. But let's say the Lord comes in the next year or the next five years. So I'm 60 years old. I can think I have 20 years, but there's a lot of variables there. Number one is the Lord may come again. Number two, I may die of a heart attack. I'm not going to the state fair this year, so I'm not going to eat butter on a stick. Would somebody please go do that? At least eat a Snickers on a, a deep-fried Snickers. Have any of you had deep-fried butter on a stick? No one? Ah, there, yes. How was it? Real good. I've had it, too. It's worth getting again. 
It is. Look what it did for me. Look at it, huh? <laughs> you don't say, oh, man, amen. You say, oh, me on that one, right? But see, we don't know how long we're going to live. That ought to give us a sense of urgency. God, I want to serve you. I want to go to my job and I want to do the job as I'm doing it to you. God's going to reward that. Service to God isn't, isn't just teaching a class or doing something like that. It's whatever your hand finds to do, do it mightily as to the Lord and not to men. And there have been people that have faithfully day in and day out have served the Lord and they've done it without fanfare and they may not be noticed, but they will be rewarded. Some, I believe with all my heart, some of the greatest rewards in heaven will go to people that, that most people didn't even know. That they were faithfully praying and serving and ministering, and they will stand head and shoulders above most of us. But it's important for us to realize that we have a little bit of time here to gather the opportunity to serve the Lord so that we can be rewarded and lay the rewards at Jesus' feet and understand we'll be accountable for this time, whether it's 60 years or 90 years or 100 years that we have here, and that we will give an account to the Lord. Now, it's very important that we say, We do not labor for our salvation. He says here, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. We do not work for our salvation. For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This verse has nothing to do with our salvation. It has everything to do with Christians who are saved should be serving the Lord and faithfully serving Him so that they can gain the full reward for the honor and glory of God. In fact, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that we just quoted, not of works lest any man should boast, then goes right in and says, In verse 10, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God rescued us from hell, forgives our sins, and he sets us here, and he says, Now I created you, go do good works. And he said, I'll reward you for it. He says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in Him. Don't be weary in well-doing. Maybe no one, appreciates, no one appreciates it. Maybe you're tired and you think, what good is this doing? God sees it. God notices it. And God will reward it. And God wants you to have the full reward. So don't be weary in well-doing. And understand, as the songwriter said, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. 
One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see him. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would stir our hearts to bravely run the race that you have given us until we see you. Lord, I pray that you would encourage every believer here tonight. Lord, help us to to take note of where we are on this timeline and help us to realize the time is short. Help us to redeem the time. And Lord, I pray that no one here would have to stand empty-handed before you. I pray that we would examine our schedules and examine our priorities. And Lord, that we would bring under our body and bring it into subjection so that you may truly say, Well done, thou good and faithful. Lord, I pray tonight that our hearts would be motivated out of love for you to serve you, out of joy and through joy. May we joyously look for ways to serve you. And Lord, may we out of thanksgiving and praise to you lay any rewards at your feet knowing that without you we would have nothing. Lord, I pray if there's one here tonight that is not sure that they will stand before you, Lord, help them to see it's not up by up to them and their works. But I pray tonight they would know the free gift of forgiveness in Jesus Christ. May we faithfully run the race, and may you be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to take time tonight to uh, 